This is a podcast that covers leadership, relevant hot topics, encouragement, stories, and the future of the church. We're real, raw, relevant, and have a ridiculous amount of fun. Now let's get into today's episode of Unscripted with IMF. Well, welcome to Unscripted with IMF. We are so delighted that you are with us today. Maybe you're driving in your car. Please uh, uh, stay focused on the road because we got an incredible guest with us. You're going to love to hear uh, this conversation, and uh, we are so excited that you're with us today. If you haven't yet subscribed or liked our podcast, please do so, and also keep in mind sharing it with your friends and and uh, people in your life because this is an incredible opportunity to uh, add value to you. And uh, I'm Bill Goodwin. I'm your host, and I'm here today with, uh, as always, my co-host. Heather's with us. Heather, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a great day to be uh, be chatting with our our guest, and I'm so excited for us to introduce her. Oh my goodness! I well, let's not wait any longer. We are excited that uh, one of our IMF family members, uh, just an amazing, uh, humble, anointed woman of God. We're just so excited to have Emily mm-hmm. Leatherbarrel with us today. Come on, will you welcome her to the podcast today, mm-hmm. Emily. It's so glad yeah. to have you with us. Thank you, Bill. I'm so excited to be here and just love my IMF family and uh, just so honored that God would use me um, in ministry and honored to be here. Thank you. Uh, well, we're going to have a great conversation. I can tell already. And, you know, I just had the the privilege more recently. It was, uh, you know, in the fall of 2022 that I met Emily in person and then uh and then got to connect with her a second time about a month later for a short time uh going to your area to your neck of the woods and be with our IMF family out there and and so mm-hmm. what a what a joy it is to 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 hear some of your story and then to learn about your ministry that's that's what uh, that's what Heather and I want to talk with you about today so why don't we just get started and tell us you know how how did you get you know, started in ministry. Tell us a little bit about your your backstory. Sure, sure. Well, I'm a PK. If you don't know, that's preacher's kid. I'm an MK. That's missionary's kid. Um, I'm an EK. That's an evangelist kid. So I have, uh, I've experienced it all. And a lot of PKs, they go the other way. They're like, I'm good. I'm out. Like, not going to stay. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, I had a radical experience with the Lord. I was attending North Cleveland, which is North Cleveland church. of God is like the big church right on the campus of Lee university. Oh, Lee university. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, I we have so many connections, Emily, like my cousin went there too. Like it's just an added, an added connection with you. I mean, incredible people go to Lee University. Just incredible people. I uh, So many of my best friends and family. And so anyway, I always believed in God, always knew the Lord, but didn't have a call to ministry myself. And I was attending, um, Glenn Percopio was the youth pastor at the time and attending the North Cleveland Church of God and that youth group. And we just had this move of God. And I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I got called to ministry and God just, that was all I wanted was to share God. And I started standing up on the tables in my public (laughs) school in the lunchroom. No. (laughs) I love that. I mean, story. I was like saved, like hit you in the face radically, like going into bars and preaching saved. Like I was, I was so excited. 
<laughs> that is so what I've not heard that story. That's pretty amazing. And so, <laughs> so this upbringing in the church and with a, you know, a, a family that's serving the Lord, and then mm-hmm. you have your own encounter with the Lord. Right. And, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I mean, for you to have that is amazing, but that stirred you to yeah. be used of God all these years. Yeah. And I, I decided I wanted to do ministry for the rest of my life. That's what God was calling me to. So I went to Southeastern university and got a bachelor's in church leadership. And I was originally ordained with the church of God. No, okay. Assemblies of God. I just said church of God, my brain, uh, originally ordained with the assemblies of God. Cause that was the university I was attending at the time. So that's where I first got ordained as a young woman. And then Begin my ministry, my life in ministry. Is that amazing? So, so when you started in ministry, kind of serving now, mm-hmm. probably was during or after college. Where, where did you get started? What did, what were you, what were you feeling called? Um, to be? Well, I actually started as a Geico sales representative. Thank you for calling Geico Direct. <laughs> this is Emily. How may I help you? Oh, um, you're good at that. Say, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that one down. Done that a couple uh, times, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and just, you know, I love people. I I love people. So it comes across on the phone, you know, anywhere. So, uh, they did not want me to leave. I'd been there a year and they were like, we will give you a car. We'll make you a supervisor. Like don't leave Geico. And it was a great job. I was 22. I was newly married, but, um, the Lord was like, are you really I've given you this passion for ministry. Are you really going to sell car insurance? And I was like, no. So I quit, (laughs) I quit my good job and I did my first mission trip to Thailand. And I went to a children's home there that was rescuing girls at risk of human trafficking. And I knew from the moment I did that mission trip that that's what God was calling me to. I just, Mm -hmm. I found my you know, this is it. This is, this is the ministry that I'll do for the rest of my life. Isn't that something? And and we're going to talk all about your ministry here coming up. This is amazing to hear your backstory, <laughs> to hear how the Lord was calling you. And he gave you your why on that mission trip. He gave you, this is why I created you. You know, we always hear that the two greatest days for someone is the day you were born and the day you discovered why you were born. And it sounds like on that mission trip was was one of the moments where the Lord placed in you, Emily, I have great call on your life to be my heart and my hands and feet and rescue those that are being trafficked. Wow, that is so powerful. It was amazing. and But it's not always, you know, when you discover the why or you get that calling in your life, it's not always just easy going from there on out. I came back from that mission trip and couldn't get a job. I came back from that mission trip and my husband and I are like, what are we going to do? I had lost my job at Geico. I couldn't find another job. I went, applied everywhere. I worked at a car dealership for a little while, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just, just, and then a job in ministry came open and it was perfect. But (laughs) so what was that job? Serving a ministry that serving that ministry that I went to Thailand with. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that something? Well, amazing. Thanks for sharing that story because I think for our listeners today, there's there's most likely someone like you and I that are trying to say, what what's my why? Like, where am I headed? What's God have in store for me? Maybe they're already, maybe you're listening and you're already in ministry of some sort. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a struggle. It's difficult. Yeah. And uh, we would we would uh, be remiss to say that it's just uh, it's it's always easy in ministry, right? <laughs> there's challenges that come. There's disappointments that come. So maybe sometimes you know our timetable isn't God's timetable. And so, how, how have you kind of navigated some of that? Sounds like you came back from that mission trip and were kind of ready to go. And then right. there was there was a period where you were you know kind of seeking you and your husband seeking, saying, God, what what next? That's right. Yeah. I just, you know, I just want to encourage people um, in that have been called to ministry and they're like, you gave me this calling, you gave me this passion and now no no door has opened, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, James and I just kept praying that God would open just the right door. And then I got um, an invitation to work for the ministry that I went on the missions trip with. And I served, um, I was promoted as like a you know, assistant to become the uh, director of the children's home there. Later, they built another children's home in Ghana. So I was the international director for two children's homes, you know, preventing human trafficking for 15 years. I did that ministry and God just taught me everything that I needed to learn for this next season where I would begin my own children's home. And I love uh, that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I you love know, how I, God I, used you for just to teach you and show you how to to do what you're doing now. You know, everything we do is like a domino's effect. You know, it's that's amazing. right. Yeah. Our, our now leads to our next, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's wonderful how the Lord works. Yeah, and when that when that season ended with the ministry that I'd served for 15 years, I didn't go directly to starting my own children's home. And I spent four and a half years serving a homeless shelter in Atlanta. And um, and God taught me so much through that season. And I got to grow in learning and being trained by that ministry. So, you know, it's just every, like Heather said, uh, you know, you have to trust God. This adventure is not fun if you don't, yeah. you know, because every step is, is that is a leap mm-hmm. of faith. Yeah, so yes. true. It's so true. Well, I, I want to hear about you, you. You mentioned human trafficking a couple of times, and I know that's a a big passion and focus of yours of bringing, uh, rescuing, and being uh, a, a, a proactive uh, ministry towards preventing uh, human trafficking. So we're going to get to that. That's a little teaser here for our audience. But you are a part of our IMF family, and so before we talk about uh, trafficking and your ministry. Tell us a little bit about how did you get connected with IMF and how has been a part of IMF been beneficial to you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I was um, considering transitioning out of the Assemblies of God where I was originally ordained. And I love the Assemblies of God. They're an amazing denomination. I have so many friends and family in that denomination. But um, I felt like it was the right time that the Lord introduced to me through a friend, IMF. And I heard about IMF and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with how you are just loving and serving. I mean, what is the logo? It's literally serving others, right? Yeah. Serving Serving those who serve serve others. others. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Serving those who serve others. And I was like, man, this is, God just led me to IMF. He really led me. And um, I switch my ordination over. Um, IMF made that so simple, so easy. And then I started getting phone calls. Can we pray for you? Mm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, I never gotten that. 
Um, and I started getting, you know, notes in the mail. We prayed for you, you know. And so IMF just took me under their wing. They've loved me from the beginning. And then, you know, you go through stuff in ministry, you go through hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to lean on my I- IMF family in that season. And, you know, just they um, just loved me through it, you know, and, and that's, mm-hmm. that's what, that's all you would ever want from, from a ministry that is your umbrella that you're serving under, you know, IMF is where I'm ordained and I am so proud. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing. I love that. Yeah. And we are so honored to have you a part of the IMF family and we are just, just excited for how the Lord is, is uh, using you and James and your ministry and Thank just, you. just a, a joy to, to, to partner, you know, IMF, we're just all about serving those who serve others in frontline <laughs> Christian ministries. And if mm-hmm. there's someone on the front lines out there, it's Emily out there on the front lines. Let's talk about human trafficking <laughs> because that is the front lines and yes. g- give us some, you know, uh, give us some education. Let, yes. let us fill us in a little bit here. Maybe there's some listening sure. that don't know much mm. about human trafficking, or we all, we all can learn more no matter how much we know. So sure. tell us what, what you know and what you've experienced over the years, what's yeah. happening globally. Sure. Well, um, human trafficking really, you know, we've started hearing about it in the news, you know, um, people started talking about it, you know, probably what, 20 years ago, it started becoming, we started hearing about it. And then it just grew and grew like, oh my gosh, this is a problem. And the reason is because um, human trafficking is now the fastest growing form of organized crime in the world. So drug traffickers have turned their eyes to human trafficking. Why? Because it's more lucrative. Um, You can use a girl for a longer period of time with less penalty. So all the drug trafficking is by far and away the number one most, you know, lucrative form of, of organized crime in the world. So, you know, then you've got, you've got human trafficking that there, these drug traffickers are beginning to turn their eyes to that. And, um, and so it's, if all these groups together fighting together, you hear about different organizations, human trafficking, you know, end human trafficking, everything, all of us working together and we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg. And so that was when, um, the ministry that I was a part of, I really saw the success in prevention, preventing a child from ever experiencing, you know, the awful horror of human trafficking, um, sexual slavery, um, you know, uh, child labor, all of the, all the different forms. There's a bunch of different forms of human trafficking. So a person can be trafficked against their will, which means they're transported to serve or work somewhere. And it can be sexual slavery. It can be, uh, labor, um, you know, to be like an indentured servant, um, it can be um, um, the. It can also be to work, not in a home. That's like labor in a home, but it can also be sent to work somewhere, a factory, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I think um, it's not uncommon for our our, our thoughts <laughs> when it comes to human trafficking to think that it is, um, you know, maybe teen girls or 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 young adult girls. But fill us in a little bit more. It's it's not just kind of that age demographic, and it's not just girls. It's it's boys and girls, primarily right. 
primarily girls, but even at very young ages. And um, tell us a little bit about that, because that it's just horrifying to know that, that little children, when we're talking trafficking, we're not just talking yeah. teenagers and adults, we're talking children. Right, right. Well, there's human trafficking is all over the world. It's in every country. Um, but I will tell you the area that I am the most familiar with. So I will, I'll shift gears mm -hmm. and start talking about the Golden Triangle. So we serve Thailand, Myanmar, Laos. We serve up in the mountains of the Golden Triangle. So the opium, the drug trade has just been um, ravaging these villages for, you know, centuries, it feels like. And so the, the drug trade has been there. So now, again, they've turned their eyes to human trafficking. Well, the front lines of human trafficking, in my opinion, is Southeast Asia. So in Patea alone, there's 50,000 prostitutes. My goodness. So men fly oh, wow. in from all over the world. And there, if you go to the red light district of Bangkok, there's menus and this may be hard for some people to hear. So I'll just put that warning before I keep talking mm -hmm. about the darkest part of human trafficking. But mm -hmm. the sex district in Bangkok, there's menus and they have them printed and laminated and they put them in your face to show oh my you, goodness. you know, what is available. And the further back you go, the streets are these long streets in the red light district in Bangkok. And the beginning is like all this shopping and they kind of pull you in because it's like amazing, you know, Gucci purses for $5, you know, Gucci. <laughs> and yeah. they, they pull you in to the shopping and there's bars and then there's strip clubs and then it just gets darker and darker. Well, back in there, there's child prostitution, you know, and we're talking, if we do prevention at Sisters of Grace, we're getting girls sometimes as young as four and five. So we're talking about pedophiles that are flying from all over the world to come to the front lines where everything is available. And that is what Sisters of Grace is committed to. We are going to prevent, we are going to prevent these little girls from experiencing this this awful reality which is that there's a lot of depravity out there and has destroyed um you know lives all over the world and and this depravity is just rampant in this part of the world so sisters of grace wanted to be right on the front line right in the right in the right place at the right time to help rescue these children and they're going up into the mountains into these hill tribes so there's all these different tribal people, different tribal groups. There's Aka, there's Yao, there's Hmong. You probably see Hmong churches. It's spelled H-M-O-N-G. It looks like Hmong. Mm -hmm. But right. the churches, we have a lot of those in our area. Those are mm -hmm. one of the hill tribes. So there's all these different, there's Karen. They're the ones that you see the pictures of with the big, long gold on their necks. Yep, yep. Their necks up. That's the Karen hill tribe. And these tribes are have a beautiful culture, beautiful history, but then they have this awful thing where these these um, brothel owners, and if it's a woman, it's not a pimp, it's called a madame. And these madames go up and they talk to the parents of the child and they go into the village and they say, oh, I'll give you this much money, support your opium ha habit and the rest of your family for the next six months or whatever, if you just give me that one child. And, and parents just, just and parents just do it. Yes, they do. A lot of times, the child is 
uh, been left with them. So they're a burden anyway. Mm -hmm. So say it's their brother's kid and their brother ran off with a woman and had this Mm -hmm. kid left behind. Um, So there's that. Um, Also, you know, it's hard for us as Americans to understand, but they have five other kids and they're all starving. That's a hard choice. That's that's a hard choice to make. They're all starving. What do I do? I can have enough money to feed the rest of them. Mm. it's just it, it poverty heartbreaking and, it is heartbreaking it's heartbreaking so sisters of grace is uh gonna be building we got four oh are we ready to talk about this i'm oh, like come on so we you've really painted us <laughs> a picture and i know I, I thank you thank you so much i know that we could go really deep into the trafficking yeah. but this gives us a picture i mean we we, yes. we need to understand the problem yeah. so we understand mm-hmm. the magnitude of what God has called you and sisters of grace to do. And, yeah. um, and so we're, yeah, we just want to, we just are, I, I'm, I'm somewhat speechless, which is not, yeah. not often for me. Well, um, not very because, often. <laughs> because the heaviness of this really is, is it's, just resting on me here. So yeah. um, and tell, the girls, the girls are their first night. They're bought for like maybe $200 and they're, First night, because they can sell their virginity for a really high price. Their first night, they make back all the money and more off of that child. And then they tell the child that they have to pay off their debt and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, I, and I feel like I just, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to share that last thing because it's important to understand why these kids, they're not only are they children, not only are they trapped, but they're trapped, like they're manipulated, they're abused, they're told thing, you know, they can never leave, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is important for our listeners to get that, that big picture, you know, I think, I think that's important. Absolutely. So your ministry is called Sisters of Grace and tell us, Tell us, you know, how you find these these children, these girls, and you know what makes Sisters of Grace so wonderfully unique because it indeed is. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, Sisters of Grace is um, was the name that the Lord really just gave me. I have all these sisters. We call each other sister in Thailand. Mm-hmm. You know, P P means sister, and so um, they put that name. So I'm P in Thailand, I'm P Emily. And the woman that's my uh, national director, her name is Aya and she's PIA. And so we call each other sister. And so when we started this ministry, we said, we're sisters of grace. You know, that's, that's what God has in mind, because Mm -hmm. if we come together, we can make a difference. And Mm -hmm. um, I flew over to Thailand by myself. I have three kids. My awesome husband, James, I adore him. He is such a gift from God, stayed home with our kids and was like, you got this. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it'll be fine. And uh, I just got on an airplane going, you know, me and you, Lord, the seat beside me happened to be empty, which is a gift from God on a 22 hour airplane flight in and of yes. itself. But I just, kept thinking on the airplane flight and this is you know I'm a little bit of a romantic but I kept thinking on the airplane flight that he was with me like like mm-hmm. he saved the seat because he was like right there mm-hmm. and it was you know it was really special it was a special time for me and the Lord but then the Lord just opened every door on the trip we found a rental home a five-bedroom rental house you know to um 
that no one could find this thing. Can and you a- share that story? Because I you've shared it with me. Yeah. Um, but the story is just incredible. I'd love our listeners to hear it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it really is incredible. It was how God works miraculously. So mm-hmm. we kept going to look at these big properties that they wanted to sell me. And I was like, no, no, rental. (laughs) (laughs) Like we are starting from nothing, literally nothing. So we have no money to buy a big place. So um, I was like, you know what? Let's shift gears. I started praying. The Lord said, focus on a church, Emily, focus on a church for the girls to become, to really, that could be a family for the girls when you start the home. So we go to visit a little church and the pastor was great after the service was over. We told him about what we wanted to do. And he said, come back behind the church, Emily. I want to show you something. And we go back behind his church and he's got Sunday school classrooms that he clean. I don't know if I can tell the story that he, without crying, he cleaned out all the Sunday school classrooms, just put bunk beds in every Sunday school classroom, just mm-hmm. saving girls. That's how many girls are being sold. Mm-hmm. And he was just rescuing them and sticking them in these bunk beds. And he said, yes, so yes, start your ministry. And yes, come to my church because I'm doing everything I can. We need you. And um, and he said, hey, Emily, walk down behind the church, down the street, right behind the church. There's a home for sale. And I was like, pastor, I can't buy a house. <laughs> he said it had been for sale for five years and she had never rented it. And we walked to the home. It was beautiful bedrooms, gorgeous, perfect, right across from an elementary school that had playgrounds and soccer fields and basketball courts that would all be available to the kids. It was ideal. And um, IA, my national director, picked up the phone and called the woman. And you can hear the difference between Thai, which is like, and the hill tribe language, which is much more guttural. And start speaking. I can hear her speaking Aka, the hill tribe language to the woman on the phone, her hill tribe that she's from. And the woman on the phone said, I was never going to rent this house. It's been on the market for five years, but because you're going to start a home to help the girls, I'll rent, I'll rent the home to Sisters of Grace. Wow. He orchestrated every step right down to the home. And there was an Australian team that was at the guest house that I was staying at. And they said, when you find the home, call us, we wanna know. I pick up the phone and call them. And they said, Emily, step out and look, walk down three houses. You know, I love Aussies. And, uh, and I was like, what? And cause I was telling them where that I was at. I was like, you have to come see, we found the house we're gonna rent. And I stepped out and walked down and the ministry they served was a ministry to the elderly and the disabled. And I walked out and their home uh, was Glory Home, I think is the name, was on the same street. Mm. They're staying in my guest house, have been praying for me to find a place to rent. <laughs> that is that, the story. You can't make that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story Heather wanted me to share. It was everything like that with Sisters of Grace. It's just been, God's been like, I got you, go. Yes. Oh, I I literally have goosebumps. (laughs) It was it was amazing. Aye sat. Aye and I sat on the airplane on the way back from Chiang Rai to Bangkok like this. Oh, I bet. We just stared, and I was like, Aye, what just happened? And she's like, I feel like we are chasing after God, like He has made the way so far ahead of us that we're like, wait. (laughs) 
so good. So good. Thank you so much for sharing that. So encouraging. It's so inspiring, you know, what the Lord is. And the Lord just opening those, those doors. And so tell us about how, so um, obviously the need is beyond, you know, it's just so big, but tell us how you connect with the, 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 the girls Mm -hmm. and how your house works and tell us tell us how how sisters of grace is so wonderfully unique and what do you guys do sure so sisters of grace we are doing prevention so we're going we're interviewing with a family that we hear about we have a you know a groups of friends and family all throughout the villages and so they report back to one of my staff all my staff are nationals all hill tribes that come and work with the girls. So, um, and we serve all the Hill tribes, some children's homes, it's easier to just serve one because then they all speak the same Hill tribe language. But um, I just felt like that wasn't what God was leading Sisters of Grace to. So one of the things that makes us unique is that we serve all the Hill tribes. When they come to the home, they all have to learn to respect each other's cultures, each Mm -hmm. other's backgrounds, and to serve each other. and so when we go and interview with a the family, they'll say like, this is the issues, this is the problems. And then we'll, we go and interview, there's so many. So we have to literally take them and say, okay, go through all the interviews, all the kids and say, what's the greatest need? That's the girls that we accept to the home. Um, Sisters of Grace also has a unique buddy program. So every little, there's little girls that need rescuing and then there's teenage girls. One of our teenage girls, um, we rescued her. Oh, that was another form of human trafficking is child brides, child brides. Mm -hmm. So she was 15 and literally about old because her dad had nothing. He couldn't afford to pay for her anymore. She had no education. And he could, he was like, I don't know what else to do. So we saved that little girl from being sold at 15 as a bride to some older man in the village. Mm-hmm. And so um at Sisters of Grace we brought we bring them to safety and the older girls are paired with a little girl. And the big sister little sister mm-hmm. buddy program is beautiful. They care for each other. They wake up in the morning, help each other get ready for school. They pray over each other. They are just this uh we didn't know how it would work and in the last few years, Sisters of Grace has been going for three years. In the last few years, we've seen it just be the biggest blessing. Um, we also have every single child goes through a special mental health, Christ-centered mental health curriculum that was written by a woman here in the United States. She has two master's degrees and um, she sells eBay and she's a musician. So she's just this unique, incredible individual. And I said, you know, you're not busy, Anna. (laughs) A curriculum specifically for these girls. And she researched and learned about the girls and wrote a mental health curriculum complete with the games that they play, mental health games they play. Every part of our program, they work in the gardens. That's called green care. It's all healing. Our entire program. So that's something that makes it really unique because I worked in another children's home. I went to visit and saw all these different children's homes and they're bringing the kids in and they've already experienced abuse and trauma and they're living at the home and they're just going right out the other door. And if we want to see real change, we're got to offer these 
full healing, healing, Absolutely. mental health curriculum, mm-hmm. programs, and then the power of the Holy Spirit to just allow these girls to completely heal from those past mm-hmm. traumas. Yeah. Absolutely. So just kind of the scope wise, how many girls do you have living in, in your home? Well, we just have the little rental house right now. Mm-hmm. So we have 10 little girls that we fit um, strategically into our house. Uh-huh. And then we have two staff members that live there. The um, national director comes and visits <laughs> and stays there. And then we have a room for relatives. Our girls are also another thing that we do different is children's homes in Thailand tend to send the kids back to the villages for like a month and two months in these okay. situations. And I just couldn't do that. I just said, we, I have to no, do it. That, so it kind of feels like it would do a reverse effect. Like they're healing, but then they're going back into, into where I just they, never, you know. I, yeah, I just never could understand that. Yeah. And I, and I knew that it gave the staff a break and that, but we tell, and that the parents wanted that of the, the kids, like a relative of the child that gave the child to go to the children's home they're like we want them back but I just told Aye we need to tell the parents up front that is not happening with Sisters of Grace so the school holidays our girls get extra tutoring extra healing they get to go on vacations we take them to like the beach or we take them to the zoo and you know so there's a lot that can happen on those school holidays that's positive rather than going right back into an abusive situation so absolutely yeah and so there's funding obviously that's needed for the home and for caring for the staff and children and so kind of how how does all of that work well we just purchased four acres of land yay praise god (laughs) yes exciting we're so excited. We had the groundbreaking ceremony. If you go to Sisters of Grace Facebook page, um, and it, there's a flower is our logo. So it's not on my shirt, but this is uh, this is one of their bags. They make handmade bags. It's so cute. And that's our logo right there. So you can look for that. Okay. But, for those uh, that are listening online, it's a, it's a beautiful scripts, Sisters of Grace with a flower on it. So what, you want to look for that when you go to their Facebook page. Yes. If you see the little flower, that's Sisters of Grace. And our website is we are sisters of grace.org and it's all one thing no spaces no periods anything like that so but if you check out our facebook um you can see the groundbreaking ceremony it was so fun the girls did a dance and a song and we had big shovels and the girls had little shovels to break ground on the gardens that's Uh, adorable they love their gardens man they have a green thumb they can make everything grow they have this tiny little spot of land at the rental house and they're so you can imagine our girls being given four acres of land they're freaking out about their yes. um so we broke ground on the four acres of land but we also broke ground on a dormitory so bill we are going to build a dorm this year by by may or june of this year we will have a 42 bed dormitory that is oh phenomenal goodness. so we so won't take that praise many jesus yes praise god and we yes. won't take that many girls right away, but the need's so high. Now, when we find a girl that's like, this is it. She she can come to a safe home or she's being sold. We can immediately have a place for that child. Yes. 
Oh, I, I believe our listeners, our stat, are just freaking out just as I am right now saying this, this is just so exciting. The, the, Thank you. you know, and, and, you know, we, we know in scripture that when we've been faithful with what's little and, and not by all means, what you've been doing is little, but numbers wise, when we are faithful with that, the Lord always mm-hmm. brings the increase. He always takes mm-hmm. us to greater never to less. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just super excited. That's also why we wanted our podcast listeners to hear yeah. about your story, Emily, mm-hmm. your, your ministries, Sisters of Grace, and this and this opportunity to, to partner yeah. with what God is doing through you guys in Thailand. That is just yeah. super exciting news. So we're and- going to put the website, we're going to put the Facebook link yes. in our show notes. So uh, listeners, please go check all that out. See see the uh, video that Emily was just talking about there too. Well, so, so this is a big deal. This is 2023 and this is like uh, expansion, yeah. uh, significant expansion happening this year. And so how all does that play? And do you need eventually to hire more staff? What, what all is involved with this expansion of the land? Yes. So first thing we need is we need a wall to go all the way around the perimeter. And that is not cheap. That is an expensive deal of four acres of land that needs a mm-hmm. eight foot concrete security perimeter wall. Mm-hmm. So that's a prayer. Then we have all these buildings that we want to build. So if you're listening and you're like, I want to build a playground or a library or a you know, kitchen for these kids, please, please go to wearesistersofgrace.org and let me know. And if you're um, listening and you say, I want to sponsor a child, every girl has a sponsor. I call my sponsors, sponsor llamas. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Because llamas are incredible. If you don't know about them, they're amazing. And uh, so if you want to be a llama mama or a llama daddy, (laughs) you want to support us and you want to help carry that child on your back out of the mountains of Thailand and rescue her and carry her throughout her, your, her life on your back as a llama mama or a llama daddy, protecting her and keeping her safe at the home. Uh, we'd love to have you, you know, get in touch with us for sponsorship as well. So we have a lot that we need coming up in the next year, a lot. Yeah. So this is great because we we always want there to be some potential next steps, obviously to to go look on social media or on your website um, uh, to be a sponsor, to be uh, potentially uh, helping financially. Um, So in general, someone that's listening to this and saying, boy, I'm really passionate. I really want to do something Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to human trafficking. Uh, You've listed some really great things. Anything else come to your mind that's helpful for someone that's listening that says, you know, I want to get involved in making a difference yeah. In, in this whole area of human trafficking. Any anything else you could share with our, our listeners or ways they can make a difference? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, locally, you can find ministries that are fighting human trafficking in your own backyard. You can get involved volunteering there. Um, you know, you can protect your own children, your own church, your own youth group by researching and, and teaching, you know, teach the kids in your youth group about social media and the risks, you know, in America, the kids are getting online and they're chatting with mm-hmm. some, you know, d- some human trafficker that says he's a 15 year old boy in the United mm-hmm. States, you know, and they're giving them information and, and our kids are, you know, at risk here in the United States. So educate yourself, educate your family. And then if you're interested in helping us prevent human trafficking with the little girls in Thailand, 
you know, next step is go to my website, my phone number, my emails on there, reach out to me and, you know, take a team, take a trip to Thailand. Mm -hmm. Thailand is the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful countries in the world. And that was what know, I was just going to ask. Is it possible? Yeah. Like if someone's like, I want to be on the grounds, I want to come help. I want to build yes. whatever is that. And can they take a missions trip? Do they contact you? How does that work? Yeah, we'd love to have them. And, and a part of our home that I didn't even get to talk about was Sisters of Grace's home and campground. So we're going to turn a whole section of the of the property into a campground for all these surrounding children's homes I told you about that aren't getting mental health counseling. We're mm -hmm. going to do Christ-centered mental health camps with like ropes courses and VBS stuff. And so if, you're, <laughs> so if you're listening and you love kids and you want to fight human trafficking, do, you know, do a trip, get your church together and let them lead a, you know, lead a camp. Um, for mm -hmm. kids in Thailand, you know, there's so many ways um, that you can get involved, Bill. So, you know, I just encourage people don't wait, you know, don't just sit there and go, mm -hmm. man, that sounds good. And you forget about it in like a day, <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. like, don't wait, like go online, look up, we are sisters of grace.org, you know, research mm -hmm. it, find, get connected, sign up for my mailing list. You can sign up for the mailing list. And I send out, um, you know, a newsletter, maybe every quarter, as much as I can, I'm doing most of it myself. <laughs> so that, if you want to volunteer for me, that'd be great. Um, you know, so I send out a newsletter, maybe once a quarter, you get pictures and information on the girls. So yeah, definitely sign up for the mailing list. Well, Emily, this is so exciting. And uh, so we've started our podcast primarily audio. So most people are probably listening to the audio. That's great. I, I hope we can put the video out there because you have to see Emily is just beaming when she talks about what God's called her to. Uh, and I just feel the passion in your voice, but I see it in your eyes and the, the heart of Jesus making a difference in the lives uh, of, of these children and young adults in Thailand. So Sisters of Grace, tell us the website one more time so we make sure that we can get to that. Uh, people can go see you there. Sure. It's we are sisters, plural sisters of grace.org so that's we are sisters of grace.org oh that's so good again that's going to be in the show notes and i wish we had more time because there's so much more we want to we want to talk to with emily i think we're going to have to definitely have you back and get some <laughs> updates on the four acres of property mm -hmm. and and how things develop there for you. And we're once again, we're so glad you're part of the IMF family. And if you're listening and you're interested in finding out more about IMF, uh, International Ministerial Fellowship, go to our website, imfserves.org. And uh, what an honor to be with you today, Emily. Heather, wasn't this a remarkable conversation? This was incredible. Thank you so much, Emily. This is Thanks it's always such a blessing to hear it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I think you both are just amazing. I appreciate this ministry and organization. Well, we think you're amazing. So <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm sure all our listeners do too. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Thanks, Heather, for being here with me today. Yes. And to our listeners, thank you for listening today. Please like and share this podcast so we can get the word out to others and they can hear about Emily's story and Sisters of Grace and making a difference in this world. And uh, we are IMF. We're here to serve those who serve others in frontline Christian ministries. Go to imfserves.org. And friend, I want you to know you matter. 
and you are making a difference. Go make it a ridiculously amazing day. And as always, keep smiling. Thank you for listening today. If you found value in this episode, be sure to subscribe and share it with others. Don't miss the next one. We release new episodes every first and third Thursday of the month. We serve those who serve others in frontline Christian ministry. So for more information, visit us at imfserves.org.